Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Jones Podcast, where we show off our enthusiasm and, well, Jones for fantasy sports to help you win your league. Now let's Jones some fantasy. Win big in 2021 with Rotoballer.com's NFL Premium Pass. Are you ready to dominate your season-long and DFS leagues? Rotoballer's NFL Premium Pass and Draft Kit includes rankings, projections, and cheat sheets for all formats. Get exclusive draft articles, DFS tools, lineup optimizers, and premium Slack chats. Join in on the winning and take 50% off on any Premium Pass. Use the promo code FRA, F-R-A for another 10% discount. Just visit rotoballer.com radio, sign up today, and start rotoballing like a boss. Welcome to the Fantasy Jones. I'm Carlos Marion, and I'm here with Frank Amarante. Frank, how's your night going so far? It's going well. Uh, getting ready to watch some Thursday night football. We got the Ravens and Dolphins, two out another week. Uh, I'm hoping Lamar Jackson and Jalen Waddle have slow games because I'm facing you in our big home league matchup we outlined earlier this week. But today, it's all about Sunday's DFS slate. So let's get right into it. Exactly. We're going to skip over the Thursday night slates and we're just going to focus on Sunday and we're going to go position by position and try to figure out some value plays, some solid stacks, and just some overall great picks for DFS this week. Frank, are you prepared for this rundown here? Oh yeah, very ready for this. All right, let's do this. Let's start off at quarterback. Frank, is there a quarterback that you like this week that you just want to push the chips all in for? Well, there's a lot of good players in great spots. You know, Josh Allen, even though he struggled against the Jags, another good matchup against the Jets. Tom Brady coming off the bye, facing that atrocious Washington secondary. Justin Herbert in a projected shootout against an exploitable Minnesota secondary. You got Dak Prescott in a bounce back spot, home to Atlanta. You got Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson facing each other. These are all good matchups, but I wanted to highlight a value play that is likely going to be overlooked because he's an inconsistent player and he's obviously one of the worst starters in the league, but he has the ability to make plays. And his that would be the quarterback of my favorite team of the Washington football team, Taylor Heineke. And I'm going to tell you why he's an under the radar start to a Mini Washington stack. I'm not saying stack Heineke with two of his pass catchers, but I'll get into who I would pair him with. So we look at Taylor Heineke. Heineke, this season, we look at Washington, they're passing the ball 61% of the time in neutral game scripts. So when it's tied or when it's within a touchdown. Washington projects to play from behind because they're nine and a half point underdogs this week against the Bucks. If we look at Heineke's fantasy performance this season, he has one top five finish and three top 13 finishes. And if we look at his price, he's at 5,400 on DraftKings, which is outside the top 12. It's just that quarterback 15. So you have a nice value there with him. If we look at his expected fantasy points, so that takes into account how many attempts he throws, so his volume and his rushing ability. Taylor Heineke ranks seventh among quarterbacks in expected fantasy points per game. 
So he's in a good spot. He's in a good situation in a pass-heavy offense. Heineke adds rushing upside. He's put up at least 40 yards on the ground in three of his last four games, including 95 yards against the Packers. Now, the Bucks' run defense, as we've mentioned several times, is an absolute brick wall. It's so hard to run against them. So Washington's going to really have to air it out in this game. And that really pushes me towards Heineke. And his cheap price is going to help you this week because this week we have a lot of high-end running backs in smash spots, which we'll get to later. So I really want to point out Taylor Heineke this week. That's a surprising pick right there because Heineke is not like the greatest, obviously. And, you know, maybe some people call you a little biased for this, but you know, I'm going to take your word for it. And I, I feel like you might have something there with Heineke as a value play. Now, I was uh, I was looking at myself, another value play, a guy that I don't think will be in too many lineups this week. You had mentioned the game with Minnesota and the Chargers. One quarterback I really like in that game is Kirk Cousins, mainly because it's a game script that really is positive for him. The Chargers aren't someone to really look for fantasy production against for their their defense is solid. It gets the job done. But here's a spot where I think maybe the game's a lot closer and Kirk Cousins can take advantage. And I don't know. What do you think about this, Frank? So for Kirk Cousins, you know, he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in fantasy. Look at his fantasy finishes this year. Quarterback 14, quarterback 6, quarterback 5. He had two down weeks, 28 and 21. Then he went back as quarterback two. Then he's quarterback 21 and quarterback six. So there you see one, two, three, four top 12 finishes, including all four of those finishes when he did finish in the top 12 were top six. So when he booms, he booms at a high level, which is what you want if you're joining DFS tournaments because you're looking for ceiling, not floor. And the thing is, though, with Cousins, This is a double-edged sword because there's a positive to this and a negative. So the negative is the Chargers are actually much, much better against the pass. They're allowing the second-fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. They're very weak against the run. If we look at their numbers against running backs, they're allowing 4.86 yards per carry, which is dead last in the NFL. But fantasy players are going to know that. And they're going to really gravitate towards Dalvin Cook. So if you play Kirk Cousins, that's going to give you leverage on your competitors because most people targeting this game are looking at Justin Herbert. They're looking at Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Dalvin Cook. So the Minnesota passing game will likely be under-rostered, which is beneficial to you in tournaments and i like the call here i know it's a tough matchup like i mentioned but the vikings are gonna have to likely air it out to some extent to keep pace with justin herbert and company so i'm with you on this one yeah that's really where i was coming from i can't imagine a lot of people actually going with cousins because like you said that game has much more inviting plays now i look at the list of quarterbacks and i notice a couple that at the higher end we have brady at 7600 and allen at 7900 now i know allen hasn't had the greatest couple of weeks but in a great matchup do you think josh allen can be a play in a tournament setting with a lot of people maybe not 
going with him after the past couple of weeks. Yeah, that's a good point that we look for when building DFS lineups is we look to take advantage of recency bias. So you, like you said, you might see players thinking Josh Allen has disappointed me in the last two weeks. I know two weeks ago, he still put up 29.46 fantasy points, but a lot of that was because he rushed for 55 yards and a touchdown. He's still disappointed because if you did roster Josh Allen in that 29 point game, you likely paired him with Stefan Diggs, who did not do much. So you were still disappointed. So, yeah, taking advantage of the recency bias there could be a good thing. He'll likely still get ownership because he's Josh Allen, but it could be reduced to what it usually is. And uh, you mentioned Tom Brady. Tom Brady is always someone great to use because when you're stacking, in DFS, it's it's huge to have a pocket quarterback who doesn't run at all because all their production is coming from the passing game. So that means you have a better chance that if you pair him with two receivers, they, they both can really pop. Whereas Josh Allen could get there from a fantasy perspective through rushing and you might not necessarily have the optimal stack when you're using him with digs. So Brady's always in play. And like I said, Washington secondary is a joke. He's definitely worth it. The reason I started with Heineke is because of the cheap price. We'll segue this into our running backs now, and I'll get to my pass catchers for my stack after that. Well, let's look at the running backs here on DraftKings. Christian McCaffrey at Arizona. Arizona's defense is good, but McCaffrey walked right in. He only played like 45% of the snaps last week. He still had like 19 touches. This week, you're likely going to see a higher snap share which means 25-plus touches for McCaffrey. In a full PPR format like this, it's money. He's still only 8400 He's a good play. I'm not looking at Alvin Kamara because he's late. he has a chance to miss this game. But look at Jonathan Taylor, home to the Jaguars. Jonathan Taylor's been ridiculous lately. Look at his last few games in DraftKings points. 23.4, 34.9, 31.8, 22.0. 21.2 and 37. So great play there. I mentioned Dalvin Cook against that really brutal rush defense in San, uh, with the Los Angeles Chargers. Then you have Najee Harris, who gets 25 touches a game. He's averaging like six targets per game. He plays the Lions. Now, I know he's li- he was limited at practice today. With, we're recording Thursday with a foot injury, but he's likely to play. And that's a total smash spot. You even have Austin Eckler in a good matchup against the Vikings. All of these running backs vary from 7,600 to 8,400. They're all in amazing spots. So I want to try to even jam in two of them because they're in such good spots. So that's why I'm looking more towards saving money at quarterback. But if you did play like Josh Allen or Tom Brady, there are some value running backs to help you in that situation where you could go with one of the high-end backs, like like a Harris or a Taylor, and you could use someone like Devin Singletary. Faces the Jets. Jets are allowing the most fantasy points per game to running backs, and Zach Moss might be out. And and Singletary is only 4,700. You also have the guy we mentioned in our last episode, who I'm going to start this week if Chris Godwin is out. That's the Ernest Johnson. Actually, I'm going to start him if Nick Chubb is out too. I'll start him over Javante Williams. That's another topic. Dernis Johnson, I mean, the Browns running game is the best in football, and he'll have a lead role. He's only 4,700. So I think the two ways to go about this is pay up at quarterback 
use use one high-end running back with one of those value running backs or pay down at quarterback and jam in two of those stud backs. Another running back I was looking at was Aaron Jones this week against wow. Seattle at 6,900. That seems like a nice play. If you look for a Jonathan Taylor type, who's more expensive yeah. as opposed to like Najee Harris, I had Najee is at 7,900 is, is also another great spot there. Obviously Aaron Jones, even with the AJ Dillon dip into his workload against Seattle, you know, he's just going to eat like crazy. Yeah, that's a great call, and I and I should have mentioned him when I did before. He's a good value play, and going back to what we said about recency bias, people might be scared off because they've used A.J. Dillon more lately, and I think Aaron Jones didn't even have a target last week, but that's because, you know, he had Jordan Love. Now he has Aaron Rodgers again. It'll go back to normal. He did have two targets. What I meant to say is he didn't have a catch, and we look at his previous game. He had 11 targets, so he's going to make an impact in the passing game. You look at the Seahawks, they're allowing the third most PPR points per game to running backs this season. And we've seen time and time again, Aaron Jones have those absolutely nuclear weeks where he gets like three, four touchdowns. And who knows, maybe because Harris, Cook, Taylor, and McCaffrey are in good spots, maybe people don't go to Jones as much. So that's a great call for sure. I will mention one more before we go on. And that's a player who's 300 Actually, I should mention two of these players, one of which is Cordero Patterson, who just has not slowed down at all. The biggest surprise of the fantasy season. Look at his DraftKings points since week one. So week two, starting there, 23.9, Why is that? He makes such an impact in the passing game. He's gotten six targets, five, five, nine, six, seven, and seven in those games. He's 6,600, but now with Calvin Ridley, Ridley not there, he's a focal point of this offense along with Kyle Pitts. So he's a good play. James Conner, I'm actually going to fade after that huge game. I don't like to play players who are coming off such monster weeks, but he is going to get a ton of usage with Chase Edmonds out. We saw Connor have 26 touches last week, including five targets for 77 yards and a touchdown. He's going to get the usage. He'll likely be popular, but I'm going to fade him for that reason. And Carolina's run defense can be stout at times. If you want to pivot off James Connor, there's Leonard Fournette. But then again, Washington's run defense is better than their pass defense. I'd, I'd much prefer to pay uh, down on the other options than go that route. But uh, yeah, great call with Aaron Jones. It just seemed like one of those plays where he's under 7K and you can get one of those really high-end running backs, like you mentioned before, yeah. and, and still have some wiggle room for other play picks. That's a great call. But you know what? Let's move on to wide receivers. There are obviously a lot of great matchups. You know, you have Justin Jefferson and C.D. Lamb. Is there anyone of the top tier guys that you look at and say I really have to have him in a lineup this week because I started with Taylor Heineke at quarterback I want to start off at wide receiver with his teammate Terry McLaurin as the pairing for Heineke as I mentioned I only want to use one with Heineke and that'll be McLaurin and McLaurin you'll likely see people avoid him this week because he's overpriced he's 7,600 that's a lot 
Like he is more than Stefan Diggs. He's more than CeeDee Lamb, Keenan Allen. He's even more than Mike Evans and Deontay Johnson. And that could push people away from him. But look at McLaurin's production. He either pops off entirely or it gives you a dud. Look at this. Week one, wide receiver 56. Week two, wide receiver two. Week three, wide receiver 45. Week four, wide receiver four. Week five and six were bad. He was 50 and 60. But then he popped off again, wide receiver five in week seven before another dud in week eight, wide receiver 62. So like we said, when you're playing a tournament in DFS, you want ceiling. You don't want floor. It's almost better that he produces this way because when he goes off, he really goes off. So that's why I want to start with Terry McLaurin. And like I said, the Bucks force you to air it out because they're such a good offense and their run defense is so good. And McLaurin dominates targets in Washington. I think he'll have a big game coming out of the bye because I do think Washington will keep it close in this game. Remember that wild card game last year in the playoffs? They gave Tom Brady and company all they could handle. Taylor Heineke, his first start of the season, his only other appearance came in relief of Dwayne Haskins, and he played well. I think they're going to have a spirited effort here coming out of the bye. I think Terry McLaurin has a good game. Now, when you make a stack, you want to run it back with an opposing player. It could be a pass catcher or a running back. I'm going to go with your boy, Mike Evans. Chris Godwin now has popped on the injury report. He's missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday. There's a good chance he misses this game. There's a good chance Antonio Brown is out again. And there's a good chance Rob Gronkowski's out again. What does that mean? It means Mike Evans is likely to see a massive target share. He looks highly likely to see 10 targets. We see his touchdown equity. He gets a ton of touchdowns. He's, he's scored four in his last two games, six in his last four. Washington's secondary is really vulnerable. So that's a great play to bring it back with McLaurin. But I'm going to give you a sleeper now who some people have talked up. And that is the other wide receiver on Tampa Bay. That's Tyler Johnson. His price is only 3300 In tournaments, we want players to produce at four times their salary. For Tyler Johnson to hit, per se, he only needs around 12.5 DraftKings points, five catches for 75 yards. If we look at how he's been used since week seven on Tampa Bay, Tyler Johnson's played over 65% of the snaps and he gets a 10% target share, which isn't great, but now Godwin is likely out. So just Evans and Johnson. So if you really want to save some money here, go with Tyler Johnson as a nice value pick. I probably wouldn't play both Evans and Johnson unless I had Brady. I might do one lineup with McLaurin and Evans and one with McLaurin and Johnson. I have another pick. I was thinking with my cousin stack here and taking Adam Thielen as opposed to Justin Jefferson. Now, what do you think? What do you think about that, Frank? Is this a good idea? Should I be putting my eggs in him or should I put it in Jefferson if I go with Cousins? I prefer Jefferson as a player, obviously. I see you're thinking with Thielen. He's $1,000 cheaper on DraftKings and... Jefferson is always the more popular play in DFS. You look at Thielen, we all know about how much he's targeted in the red zone. He's now scored a touchdown in three consecutive games. I know he had a dud last week, only two catches for six yards. Maybe they try to get him more involved in this spot. So I'm definitely all for it. And if you if you played two lineups, you just hedge against yourself. You play one with Cousins and one with Thielen. Who would you prefer to... 
bring it back with Keenan Allen or Mike Williams? I'd like to go with Mike Williams. I think what Mike Williams at 6,600 is a good price for him to really pop off. And people are already putting out the sirens that this is what the rest of his season is going to be like. I personally don't think so. I like the fact that he's such a big bodied guy, explosive with Keenan Allen. I think he's just going to find the end zone like crazy sooner or later. Yeah, I like that because going back to what we said before, the recency bias in four of his last five games, he's put up less than 30 yards, including two games with fewer than 20 yards. And part of that was because he's been banged up. But part of that is they're using him only as that deep threat again, which is strange because he did so well early on when they gave him more underneath targets. Minnesota has given up a lot of big plays downfield. They gave up that long touchdown reception to Cedric Wilson against the Cowboys. Uh, They gave up a big play to Jamar Chase in week one. It's a vulnerable secondary. And Mike Williams had been overpriced the last few weeks during this bad stretch. He was at 8,100 one week, 7,700, too high. That's like close to Devontae Adams levels. Now he's more at a palatable 6,600. I like that. I prefer him over Keenan Allen this week. It's also worth noting that Keenan Allen is questionable. He popped up on the injury report. He had a limited practice, but these things still matter. It's worth mentioning. And I definitely agree with you. I would go with um, with Mike Williams. But I did want to say about a couple more receivers. One, most importantly, well, I'll, I'll briefly touch on CeeDee Lamb. I do like him at 7,000. The Cowboys should really bounce back, and Lamb did virtually nothing last week. You should get, him more, get more involved uh, against a very weak Falcons defense. Uh, you could also like the Seahawks, Lockett, and Metcalf with Russell Wilson back. Well, the player I really want to highlight here is Deontay Johnson of the Steelers because look what Deontay Johnson has done this year. He's been so consistent. Double-digit DraftKings points every game this season, including two over 20. He's had double-digit targets in five games this year. But the most important thing is, one, it's it's a dream matchup. The Lions' defense is the worst in the NFL. But it's also because, obviously, Juju is out, but so is likely Chase Claypool. There's a great chance that he's going to be out for this game. He's dealing with a toe injury. He hasn't practiced all week. We're recording this Thursday. So Deontay Johnson, the fact he was already seeing so many targets with Claypool, and even when Juju was there, Imagine what's going to happen now. So I absolutely love him this week. I don't want to pair him with Ben. I don't want Ben in my lineups. He has not been good this season at all. I can just put, I would even be fine with a running back receiver mini stack and using Najee and Deontay because all the work is going to go to those two. Really like Deontay Johnson this week. Another guy I like actually is someone we talked about a couple weeks ago, and it's Jerry Judy at 5,300. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Go on, I'm going to add to it. You know how I always feel about the Eagles defense, how I feel it's just garbage. and Well, not garbage, perfect for fantasy, especially Jerry Judy, great route runner. You know he's just going to get open in those zones so many times. So it's something I'm really looking at at 5,300. That's another value play I like. That's an awesome call, and I'm glad you said it because I forgot to mention him because 
obviously when you're dealing with DFS, there's so many good plays. Jerry Judy, since he's returned from injury, 24% target share. He's led the Broncos. He runs underneath routes. Like in his last two games, 6.8 average depth of target. So he's like you said, he's going to find those soft spots in the zone. He's a great route runner who just tore up the Eagles, who's basically has a similar style of play as a receiver. That's Keenan Allen. Similar size, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, similar technician as a route runner. Can easily find the soft spot in zones. Allen caught 12 of 13 targets for 104 yards. I love Jerry Judy this week. That's a great call. He's he's one of my favorite plays for sure. And you can just put... You like, I could do my Heineke stack with Evans and McLaurin and put in Johnson. Then I save money with Jerry Judy. That's a great play. And I'm going to say one more player that I'm going to go back to the well with. And that's Deontay Harris of the Saints. Last two games, he's put up 15 targets. He's put up seven or more targets in three of his last four. He runs deep routes. He's Trevor Simeon's favorite target. Tennessee's giving up, I believe, the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. Deontay Harris has put up 3.05 yards per route run this season. That's third in the NFL behind Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel. Guess how much he costs in DraftKings? He costs only 4000 All he needs is 16 points to really smash. But even if he puts up 12, that's 3x. That's still pretty good. And I, I like the spot. I'll go back to the well there if I need some salary relief. But great call with Jerry Judy. Let's just quickly move to tight end now. There's a couple here that are interesting. But for me, I look at the top of the list and Kyle Pitts and say, hey, you know, this is another nice matchup for him. I think this is a game where he could be worth that 5,800. Yeah, for sure. The Falcons offense has been much better lately. Matt Ryan's playing well. Kyle Pitts is basically a wide receiver. Uh, he has two hundred two 100-plus yard games in his last four. He had a couple down games, but he's shown a ridiculous ceiling this year. Look at these DraftKings points, 26.3, 29.9. That's impressive. Falcons will have to air it out to keep pace with the Cowboys. If you're stacking Prescott with Lamb and or Cooper, you could bring it back with Pitts. And it's... A, I mean, 5,800 is the most expensive on the slate, but it's not crazy. Like, we've seen Travis Kelsey every week, seven plus thousand. Darren Waller is always over 6,000. So, it's a reasonable price. I like it. I like it much more than Hawkinson. Hawkinson is that 5,500. He's put up 31 targets in his last three games, but he plays the Steelers, and that doesn't get, lend itself to too much of a ceiling. Uh, I like Dallas Goddard, Goddard 4,700. He's had an increased role with the departure of Zach Ertz. And if, if the Eagles have to pass it more, they haven't passed it over 20 times in the last two games, Goddard could smash. I believe in his last, uh, in, his, in the games without Ertz, Goddard has a target share of like 28%, which is really, really good. I'll also touch on Noah Fant coming back from COVID. The Eagles are allowing, I believe, the most PPR points per game to tight ends. So Fant is really athletic. He plays over 85% of the snaps, almost a 20% target share. He is a good play. Pat Fryermuth will be highly popular. He talked about recency bias. That's the theme of the show. 
He just caught two touchdowns in his last game on Monday Night Football. Prior to that, he caught a touchdown with 44 yards. And with Claypool out, Fryermuth is going to see more targets, and he's at a great price at 3,900. You could definitely play him, even though he's super popular, because that's a great matchup and a great spot. I'll name one of my boys from last week that I like, Tyler Conklin. He's a cheap guy you could add to your cousin's stack against the Chargers. Last three games, 19 targets. He's had 45 yards, 57, and 71 yards. So he's been pretty solid. If he finds the end zone, he'll absolutely smash with that kind of production. Conklin faces a Chargers defense that is allowing the seventh most PPR points per game to tight end. So that's a good streamer too. And I have to mention Dan Arnold because he's been great. 17 targets last two games is another cheap beat to throw in at tight end. I like the Goddard pick as well. Yeah, as the weeks go on, we talked about in the last podcast, he's really one of two people being targeted in that offense. And it's a it's a great way to just kind of lower the price on pits. But here's someone else. What do you think about Dalton Schultz this week? Dalton Schultz, you like you gotta like the game environment. The Cowboys have the highest implied total on the slate. They're like almost 10 point favorites, and the game totals like at 53. So the odds makers project them to really bounce back and score a lot of points. My one concern is that Michael Gallup is likely playing this game. Dalton Schultz really started to emerge in Gallup's absence. So it's unclear if, if, if Gallup's return will put a dent in, in Schultz's target share. So that's one thing that I'd be concerned about, but you could definitely go there because it's a great environment and he's produced at a high level. I just thought of one who's likely coming back. Yeah, he is. He practiced fully coming back from injury. And that's Dawson Knox of the Bills. Dawson Knox, week five, he had over 100 yards and a touchdown. And in his last game, he snapped a four-game touchdown streak. Josh Allen loves to feed him in the red zone. And he's at a good price at 4,500 facing the Jets. So he's another solid option. Is there anybody else for the flex options that really get you going like that uh, that we didn't mention? Well, I like to I like to use a receiver at flex on DraftKings because it's full PPR. So the the one I was saying is who who you mentioned, and that's Jerry Judy. I absolutely love that. I could go Heineke, Evans, McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, and Judy, and then maybe go really cheap at tight end. But we could go and mention some defenses to use. I think this is a good week to pay down at defense because of all those high-end running backs on the slate. One cheap one you could go to are the Carolina Panthers, 2,400. They're at Arizona, but Kyler Murray might not play once again. Colt McCoy played decently last week, but he's Colt McCoy. You look at Carolina's fantasy production. Nine points, 12 points, eight points, minus four, eight points, nine points, two, 11, and seven. All we need for them at 2,400 is, is like nine points, and that's a good result. And I think they could definitely get there. They have a good pass rush. They've put up two or more sacks in four of their last five games. They have three games with four-plus sacks, including one with six. So they have a good pass rush. And I think that's where I'm going to head to if I'm going cheap on defense. It's always tough to pick a defense in DraftKings. It's especially now I'm looking at it. The only ones I really like 
are the Bucks against Washington. It's it's tough to really predict because we went through some of these games with such high totals, like you know Chargers. It's tough to use them. How the how is like Russell Wilson going to be with uh, against the Packers? If if that's if he's going to be rusty, maybe that's a nice little play. But other than that, I can't really think of um, a defense right now that I look at and I'd say, okay, I have to I have to pick them and put them in a lineup. You just want to go for one that's cheap that can get pass rush. So Carolina's one. Another one I like are the New Orleans Saints, although they're at three thousand one hundred. The Saints let me down last week, only putting up two fantasy points against Atlanta. But they've gotten two or more sacks in four consecutive games. And they play the Titans, who I know they played amazing. They're they're on a roll. They've beaten contending teams. They just shut down the Rams. But without Derrick Henry, their offense didn't look good. It was the defense that really helped them in that game. Ryan Tannehill only threw for 150 yards. This could be a trap game. The Titans open as three-point favorites, which you would think it would be a little higher than that given what they've done in recent weeks, beating the Bills, beating the Rams, beating the Chiefs. So I could see the Saints upsetting the Titans this week in a letdown game and getting on the heels of their defense, their defense winning them that game. This is still a good defense, and it's definitely worth a look. Exactly. That's a great point, as, as usual, Frank, and – I think we'll wrap up here. I don't. Uh, I think we covered most of what we need to cover oh, yeah. here. Oh yeah, and it's time for us to hit a home run. That's it, Fra. Scream it to the world. They need to know. Thank you for tuning in to the Fantasy Jones podcast. Keep up with the Fantasy Jones on Twitter, Instagram, and our website, thefantasyjones.com.